Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. And to all of you, it's been wonderful being here this week, as I said at the very beginning. Now, I wonder, would you pray with me? And then we'll turn to Isaiah chapter 60. But first, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would continue to speak to us, as you've already been doing through the wonderful testimonies of our sister and two brothers, uh, that you will speak now from your word through your Holy Spirit, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please turn to Isaiah chapter 60. One of the wonderful things in Christian ministry is the way sometimes that God weaves things together in ways that you can't really plan by yourself. I saw the title uh, of um, John's uh, organization, Night Light, and I thought, well, perhaps something to do with light would be good uh, from the scriptures. And I thought of Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2, famous verses, Arise, shine, the light of God is coming, and so on. This morning when I woke up and I looked at what I'd sort of prepared in the passage, I thought, no, this, this really isn't going to work. Uh, and then as the morning went on, I no, I should stick to it. It was what the Lord seemed to say uh, some weeks ago when I was first thinking about it. So here it is. And I'm amazed the number of times already in this evening that the theme of light has been expressed. We've had shining like stars in the DVD. Uh, we've uh, had Donald talking about just that one little light that shines in a place like Belarus or Ukraine and people come to faith. And of course the theme of light uh, that uh, John has just brought to us now. So it's remarkable how God does these things. And Isaiah chapter 60, I hope you've got it open so that you actually see the whole of the chapter. Uh, because although the main point that I want to bring is from the opening couple of verses, this is a chapter, Isaiah 60 really, which begins and ends with light. It's there, of course, in verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises uh, over you, upon you, and his glory appears over you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And then look later in the chapter, verses 19 and 20. The sun will no longer be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine upon you, because the Lord himself will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Which, of course, is a verse which is picked up uh, in the book of Revelation. So it's a wonderful chapter. It's a, a, a chapter that is rich in mission significance, as we will see just over these next few minutes. Because it speaks, first of all, of God's plans for his own people, that God is coming to his people, is the promise in verse 1. But then it moves on to God's longing for the peoples of the world, that the world should be coming to God and to the light of God. And then it ends in verses 17 to 22 with the transformation that is coming to the world, as the world is, is transformed into a place of peace and justice instead of all the horrible things, some of which we've been thinking about over these last few evenings. So first of all then, verses 1 and 2, God is coming to his people as light. The, the, the point here is that Israel, the Old Testament people of Israel, are living in darkness. That's how they're described in the previous chapter. Just turn back to the previous chapter, verse chapter 59, and look what, how they describe themselves from verse 9 onwards. 
They say this is their complaint, this is the reality that they're living in. Justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Like the blind, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like men without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. We growl like bears, we moan mournfully like doves. We look for justice, but find none, for deliverance is far away. Our offenses are many in God's sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our wickedness. That's the people of God confessing the reality of the darkness of their sin and rebellion against God. But God promises them by the end of that chapter, look at verse 20, God says, The Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. God's redemption is on its way for the repentant. That's chapter 59, verse 20. And so chapter 60 begins, where we just began, with this amazing affirmation, Light has come. And it's, of course, looking forward prophetically to the light that would come when God would come to redeem his people. And when Jesus came, as the Gospels tell us, he came preaching repentance, calling people to repentance so that they could find the light of salvation. And Jesus used the words of this passage and also the next chapter, chapter 61, verses 1 to 3, to say that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Sovereign Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness those who sit in it. And haven't we been hearing some stories tonight of people for whom Jesus has done exactly that? So this opening prophecy then speaks about God's coming to the world as light, which we now know, of course, through the reading of the Gospels has come through the Lord Jesus Christ. God has come in saving light into the world. But then the chapter moves on in verse 3 to point how the people of the world are coming to God. The world is coming to God because God has come to the world. And so that's verse 3. Nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. When God acts to redeem his people, then others will see and be drawn to the God of Israel of the Old Testament. And that, of course, then goes on in, uh, in verses 4 to 14. I'm not going to read it. Of course, we haven't got time. But even as you glance through those verses, 4 to 14, you'll see it being described in very Old Testament terms. It's talking about the nations of the world, as it were, coming up to Israel. Just as uh, the, the prophecy back in Isaiah chapter 2 had been of the nations coming up to Jerusalem. That's this sense of the attractiveness of God's people. When God is dwelling among his people, then others will see and they will come. But in the New Testament, what we see is this being fulfilled in the book of Acts. As God sends his people out in mission, but the reason why people go out in mission is to draw people in to God and to the Redeemer and to the Saviour who can uh, meet their needs. And so in, in these verses, uh, not to spend too much time on it, but when these people come to God, they will come, it says, bringing the sons and daughters of Israel. Verse 4 and verse 9, they will bring your sons and daughters. Now, who are the sons and daughters? Well, Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29, he says, you, you Gentiles, he says, you foreigners, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And so the fulfillment of this prophecy is as people from all nations become children of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. 
As I told you back on Monday night, that's exactly what God had promised to Abraham in the first place. And one lovely little footnote in here that I'm particularly fond of is that among these nations who will come to the light of God is, look in verse 7, Kedar and Nebaioth. And you say, who on earth were they? And I wish I had a quiz here and tell who knows who Kedar and Nebaioth were. Well, actually, they were sons of Ishmael. They were among the tribes of Ishmael, the Arab tribes. And among those who will come to be children of Abraham are the children of Ishmael, the Arabs, bringing their worship and their praise to God. And of course, there were Arabs in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. There were believers from the very days of the New Testament among the Arab peoples, as there are today. And so they come uh, to God, bringing the sons of Abraham and bringing their gifts. Look at verse 5, verse 9, verse 11. It talks about how the nations will come and the riches of the nations will come to adorn the house of God. Or, or verse 9, where it says that their silver and gold will come. Or verse 11, men will bring you the wealth of nations. All human accomplishment, all that has been won by human activity and trade and civilization will be brought in to adorn the kingdom of God, the city of God, the new creation. And it's from that passage, Isaiah 60, that we read in Revelation verse chapter 21 uh, and verses 24 to 28, the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into the city of God. Nothing impure will come into the city of God, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or sinful, but the glory and the honor of the nations will be brought. So this is this wonderful picture, you see, that when the light comes, the light of Christ, into the world, it draws people to itself, draws people to himself. And that has been happening through the mission of the church all down through the ages. So God is coming to his people, people are coming to the Lord, and the ending of of the chapter 60 from verse 17 on is how transformation then is coming to the world. And it speaks there in verse 17, uh, second half, that there will be peace and justice. Two of the great things that we long for in our world, to put an end to some of the realities that we've been thinking about this week. There will be no more violence, it says in verse 18. There will be the presence of God's own light in verse 20. This is the, the, the ending that this whole passage looks forward to, the transformed world. The world that we see in Revelation 21 and 22. So you see, Isaiah chapter 60 is this marvelous, as it were, prefiguring of the whole of the horizons of the New Testament. It points us in verses 1 and 2 to the Gospels, the coming of the light of Christ into the world. It points us in verses 3 to 16 to the book of Acts to the mission of the church, gathering in the nations to be part of the people of God. And in verses 17 to 22, it points us beyond our present horizon to the horizon of Revelation 21 and 22, of a new creation, the ending of sin, violence, and injustice, and the coming of the reign of peace. God has come to save, nations are coming to God, transformation is coming to the world. That's Isaiah chapter 60. But so So what? What What does that say to us? I was going to say the sting is in the tail. Actually, the sting is in the very first verse, which are the teeth or the head or whatever else you want to call it. Because you notice how the chapter begins, Arise, shine, for your light has come. That's not a statement. It's a summons. It's a call. It's a challenge. It's as if God is saying to the Israelites, to the people of God, it's your turn to shine. The light has come, the light is coming, the nations are, why don't you shine for God? 
And what does it mean to shine with the light of God? Well, this is what God had already said to them just two chapters earlier. He says to them, this is the kind of fasting I want. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, and when you see the naked, to clothe him, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Shining with the light of God is not just, as it were, uh, what we say. It is this life lived in good deeds. That's why it's wonderful that John ended what he had to say precisely with the words of Jesus. You are the light of the world. So go out and live and do such good deeds in the world that people will see your light, see those deeds, and ultimately come to bring glory to your Father in heaven. We used to sing, not so long ago, regularly, Shine, Jesus, shine. And I sometimes hear the voice from heaven saying, Shine yourselves, why don't you? Arise, shine, because the light of God has come into the world. Isaiah chapter 60. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.